Welcome back and yo, my name is Sam Yunin and this is My Pal Sammy, a Christmas break podcast. I record a uh, seasonal interlude for my summer layer, a pop culture podcast that will resume in January 2020. For now, tonight's tea is Raj Ferrer's. I think I pronounced that right. My French is terrible. It's been a while now. Uh, it's French, obviously, for marriage brothers. Mon frères. They are a French gourmet tea company. Yo, classy. Based in Paris, and they've got a sublime French breakfast tea. I got this from the UK. I did not go, but people who love me and uh, treasure me gifted me with this, and I'm clearly deeply grateful. It's a delicious tea. Okay, uh, let's get down to business. My 2019 Christmas break so far. I'm not going to include the books, the comic books, podcasts, and I've actively... Uh, been writing and cranking out a few thousand words on Yale computer. So for this episode, I'm just going to focus on uh, TV. For now, here's a list of the TV shows and movies I've currently been consuming. Uh, for All Mankind, I did the first five episodes. It sucks so bad, so much. It's an Apple TV show. Magic for Humans, I rewatched season one and then uh, enjoyed season two. This show is fantastic. It's easily one of the best shows Netflix has ever put out. Brightburn, the uh, James Gunn produced Superman kind of pseudo Superman movie, Booksmart. When Booksmart was came out, I had a choice between Booksmart and uh, Good Boys. Is that the the Seth Rogen one where all the kids are like swearing and stuff like that? I saw Good Boys, and after watching Booksmart, I I made the right choice. Mr. Mercedes, I I rewatched season two because I had to catch up. Um, so, and I have season three to start. Kevin Hart, Don't Fuck This Up. That's dropped on uh, December 27, 26, 27. Atlanta, I rewatched season one. I might do season two again. Drake's Plan, a CBC gem show. It's all on YouTube now. Uh, Drake's Rap R- Radar interview. I'm Going to Break Your Heart. That I mentioned in uh, episode one of My Pal Sammy this year. On Contact with Chris Edges. Uh, only the Matt Taibbi episode. I'll probably watch a couple more. Mike Birbiglia, the new one. I mentioned this uh, recently in the episode, the last episode I did of 2019 uh, for my summer layer with uh, Al Hassan. And let it snow. Yeah, I know. It was 3 a.m. and I was just hankering for a team movie. <laughs> and to all the boys, uh, too, doesn't drop till February. So I had, uh, so that was kind of it. Mr. Mercedes season three is up next. Uh, still got to knock off the man in the high castle. Got to rewatch season three before tackling the new and final season four. The Mandalorian, of course, on uh, Disney Plus. And I want to get to abstract the art of design season two. For now, let's talk about three of those shows. We're going to start with For All Mankind. It was a new Apple TV show. Just from our friend Ronald D. Moore, who worked on Star Trek, um, did Battlestar Galactica. For All Mankind is an alternative space race where the Russians get to the moon first, which is great. Now you have all this history to play with, both alternative and fictional. However, five episodes in, Operation Paperclip has barely made a blip on the show. It's There's an excellent book, uh, Annie Jacobs' uh, Operation Paperclip, the secret intelligence program that brought Nazi scientists to America, published in 2014. Highly recommended. 
Vietnam is kind of there in the background. Nixon Watergate, nope. CIA stagecraft, Apollo 13, Cold War propaganda, David Bowie space oddity. None of these things are referenced or utilized. We're even up to Apollo 15 by the time you get to the fifth episode. What happened to Apollo 13? Even worse, you don't get the Russian point of view either. You just get these corny subplots of astronaut wives and a cheesy Mexican family smuggling themselves into America. These are pointless subplots. There's no, they take no courage. It's like a white male TV critic who insists Pose is must-see TV. Good for you. Here's a cookie. The first, a Sean Penn TV show on Hulu, definitely documented the intense pressure astronauts are under before they've left Earth. For all mankind does not do that well at all. The sacrifices, the intelligence, the stoic nobility of astronauts faced with a grim and deadly mission as they recognize the weight of their actions will contribute greatly to our global human history. These are all completely absent. For a real-life glimpse of some of this, check out CNN Films' stunning 11 Apollo documentary. Powerfully stoic, the astronauts are practically regal. The Man in High Castle is another alternative show where the Allies lost World War II. The show intelligently alternates between the Resistance and the Nazis so viewers can engage in radically different points of view. You can literally see the chess match unfolding. However, for all mankind doesn't even live up to its own title. Viewers are offered only one side of the conversation. There's no chess match being played out. There's no stress. There's no tension. This is such a wasted opportunity. This isn't science fiction. It's hidden figures. For all mankind, it's just a bland TV drama. It's so ordinary, it's boring. It's Grey's Anatomy. Just set at NASA. Even worse, soundtrack is weak. Come on, man. You're in the 60s and the 70s. I am disappointed in you, Ronald D. Moore. <laughs> The next thing I want to tackle is Drake's plan. This was a uh, CBC gem show. Eight parts. Um, it started back in October 24 on Drake's birthday. Each of the eight parts is about 20 to 22 minutes, so it's fairly easy to knock off. The series follows quote-unquote Drake's plan. Episode 1 is building the team. Episode 2 is breaking into the U.S. Episode 3 is taking on Toronto, and so on. However, it overlooks the most crucial aspect of Drake's ascension. His lack of interviews. Drake rarely does interviews. When have you seen or heard anybody comment about Drake interview? He really doesn't do them. He's performed a couple of times on late night TV shows. And those are brief 5 minute interviews. But a proper 15, 20, 30 minute interview. It's the same Trump effect of philosophy. And Taylor Swift is another famous person who does this. The White House doesn't have press briefings anymore. Or rarely. You get the odd 2 minute a uh, comment from Trump as he's getting on Air Force One and some tweets, but the vast majority of content, the deluge of news, quote-unquote news, is entirely emotional and reactionary because Drake and Trump are just too big to ignore. Remember Drake using a lint roller on his pants during Game 2 of Toronto's first round series of Brooklyn in the 2014 NBA playoffs? It generated lots of articles and posts and social media white noise and memes and none of it offers any nutritional value. None of it was quote-unquote facts. I bet you remember the incident, but do you remember who won the game? Raptors did 100, Nets 95 to even the series 1-1. The Raptors would lose the first round series in seven games. Even worse, game seven score was 104 in Nets, Raps 103. Lowry's last minute shot was blocked by Paul Pierce, which is why 
it's important to have tall ballers on your basketball team. It wasn't always LeBron's fault the Raptors got killed in the NBA playoffs. But let's focus on LeBron's friend, Drake. As those highly charged narratives build, most of them was how could Drake do that during an NBA playoff game, did Drake embarrass Toronto, etc., etc., etc. It's all super manipulative. You realize how much of the media is influencing the emotions of the of the people, of his fans. If you're a Drake fan, you'll praise him for his intelligent media savvy and only read articles that support that point of view. If you're a Drake hater, he becomes a symbol of our decaying Western culture, the death of all hope and light and progress. And yet Drake never said any of that. Drake's hit Worst Behavior could easily be a song about our current media like nobody's asking him. Yo, you're a proud Canadian. Why is there, why is there a you missing from behavior? This has nothing to do with his latest album. Is it any good? When can we expect new music? Do people remember the game or the lint roller? Like I said, you can find a ton of articles and posts and tweets and Facebook things and you name it about the lint roller incident. It's media and attention, but there's no nutritional value in it. So journalists, and you could probably put that in quote too, quotes as well, have shoveled coal for Satan, filling the media void, often with the reactionary and emotionally laced diatribes. A lot, like a lot, is written about Drake, but very little of it is fueled by Drake. That's a huge distinction. I mean, this was an eight-part series, an average of 20 minutes per episode issued from a large media corporation, yet the vast majority of it was not fueled by comments from Drake. It's symptomatic of where the media is at these days because in that interview absence, Drake has gotten bigger, especially after the meme potential of Hotline Bling music video. That unnecessary Tinder desperation to feed the media machine, especially from unqualified journalists, has made Drake critic-proof, just like Trump, just like Adam Sandler. It doesn't really matter what you think about them, the work, the personality, the choices. It absolutely has no value. It's just noise at this point. The media gives you the emotions you have about these individuals who are manipulated like a birthday magician. And so depending on your point of view, either as a fan or as a hater, and these days it's hard to be anything but other than like in two camps, either Democrat, Republican, Coke or Pepsi, Burger King, McDonald's, we repeat the narrative we've accepted. In hindsight, this might have been too much for the CBC to cover, so they wisely took the simplest route. P.S. On Christmas Day, I know you... We're listening to some, some of you were listening to this and are like, yo, fool, I know. On Christmas Day, the Rap Raider interview with Drake dropped in my face. Two hours and 20 minutes. Well, then I'm fired, aren't I? And seven minutes in that interview, though, and even after watching Drake's plan, I hadn't realized or fully grasped that the spark for Drake was Lil Wayne going to jail, taking Lil Wayne off the chessboard. This is the same exact spark that propelled Jay-Z's career when Biggie and Tupac died. Their absence cleared his path. Timing is everything for music and for comedy and for careers and clearly Christmas podcasts.
going to wrap up with this last one. Kevin Hart's Don't Fuck This Up. The Netflix six-part docuseries description reads, Comedian Kevin Hart reflects on the events from the past year that have shaped his life. It streamed on December 27. The first episode of Don't F This Up is revealing in that while Kevin does work hard, he makes a ton of crap. Cold as balls? Sucks as balls. This lift candid camera show for I don't know what network. Even his straight from the heart suffers. He's got way too many people on that podcast. And they all sound the same. Kevin Hart is like pre-prison little Wayne. No quality control. Just a constant stream of output. Uh, no, it's not It's not good. Not good at all. Be good. Don't be good at it. That's the rule. Though I have a deep appreciation for how comedy specials mirror NBA finals and like championships. Comedy specials are your best work. That's the metric by which you are measured against and by. You got to be good. And you got to figure out how to be great. And you got to figure out how to be consistent. Think consistently great. Episode 5 of Don't F This Up features some of our best and brightest comics. Joe Coy. He's amazing. Dave Chappelle. Chris Rock. A couple of others. As Hart attempts to rank and understand his value in that elite class. That was that moment's really inspiring. It really is startling what he's attempting to execute. It quietly confirms yet again how wrong his quote-unquote critics were over tweets. It's really so dumb. Look, there's two issues here. The obvious issue is that I just don't trust the critics, for lack of a better term. The haters, the trolls, whatever you want to call them. I just don't trust them. I don't trust their agenda. I don't trust their taste. I don't trust their point of view and their perspective. Because of how they've chosen to respond to the tweets, to Kevin Hart's tweets, it's clearly narcissistic and opportunistic. We've seen this with the popular yet corrosive notion that you can confront and disrupt Republicans or Trump voters at restaurants when they're out for dinner. That, that has absolutely nothing to do with politics because it's filmed and uploaded online. It's about audience. Positioning yourself and how you present yourself to the world, it's a commentary on your narcissism and not an indictment on the politician you've decided is racist. You're attempting to build solidarity for your tribe. You're not actually making politics or even politicians better. There's a big, a big, massive difference between a wife confronting her husband over infidelity in the privacy of their own home versus booking a large table at a restaurant, inviting friends and family and then confronting them. It's just not how it's done at all. The issue of Hart's tweets being right or wrong or bad jokes or jokes in poor taste or whatever that debate is isn't even close to happening until we confront this malignant behavior. The bottom line is that by choosing to respond in this coarse and deeply selfish fashion, it makes pop culture worse, not better. You've become part of the problem, not part of the solution in any way, shape, or form. You can't demand self-reflection from celebrities without first providing your own evidence that you've done the emotional work past tense and present tense. Because this is so easy to do, dumb people do it just as much as educated people. It's taking the easy road. Bright and creative people wouldn't resort to such cheap and easy pettiness. If you're smart, you'll not question the best response. You'll also acknowledge and accept key metrics to know if what you're doing is working, if what you're doing is effective. The other, I think it's an obvious issue, but I'll, I'm starting to get a little bit worried sometimes when I see things online, is that it's not your role. Nobody asked you to make Kevin Hart better. Even if that's your dumb agenda, it's not your authority. You don't have any jurisdiction. 
It is up to his inner circle, his family, the people that know him and love him. I'll, I, I got to repeat this point because it cannot be overlooked. The people that know him and love him are the only ones qualified to bring up his errors in judgment. There's absolutely nothing inspiring, much less loving, about outrage culture or cancel culture. If a stranger came up to you on the street, yelled at you, demanding you change your behavior, are you really going to listen? Of course not. Get away from me, psycho. If your manager calls you into the office and offers you feedback, things you should change up or refocus your priorities, are you going to listen? Your manager knows you. Your family and inner circle know you. Strangers think they know you, and worse, think what's best for you. I mean, <laughs> if, if people really listen to strangers, that fit girl in horror movies wouldn't go downstairs into the basement in a white tank top without a flashlight. It'd be a short movie. Look, uh, clearly Kevin Hart, don't fuck this up, angered up some of the blood. And a season where we're supposed to be more kind, more gentle. Really, let's be honest. If Twitter has taught us anything, if you give somebody a Christmas gift and it doesn't go over well... We can now skip it's the thought that counts. Clearly, it's not the thought that counts anymore. We're done with that. So that's where I'm at. Christmas break 2019. Thank you for listening in a Netflix world. Feel free to reach out. I know I threw a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I don't think anybody really should have been controversial. But I, I, I give up now. I don't go online to be understood or to be heard. This is a weird way to say if you want to reach out, I'm on Facebook, my pal Sammy. I'm on the Twitter, my pal Sammy. And on Instagram, ready for it, my pal Sammy. So, what do you have to say for yourself? Uh-huh.